We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Pack-A-Day Podcast. This is our quick hits episode of practice number 12. Can't believe we're 12 practices in already. I'll have a full breakdown of the practice on tomorrow's episode, but wanted to get some of the key takeaways out there for you guys immediately. So that's what we're going to do. Let's start with the injury side of things. Kenny Clark was a new addition to the injury list. He was off to the side on the exercise bikes alongside David Bakhtiari and Caleb Jones. It is a back injury. You never quite know when those things are going to flare up. Insert your, his back was hurting because he's been carrying the defense jokes here, uh, but hopefully it's not anything serious for Kenny. It like just the way it seemed and how he was working out on the exercise bike made me believe that maybe it's not super serious, but you never want to try to glean too much from like basically nothing. So we'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on it moving forward. We'll see if he's able to do any of the practices with the Patriots. My guess is he probably doesn't do team stuff. I'm guaranteed like almost guaranteeing he probably won't uh, play in the preseason game this week, but uh, still a new injury for Kenny Clark. And that's one that we'll keep an eye on. Meanwhile, Jair Alexander did return to practice. He did not do any team drills. He did do a punt uh, that he shanked completely to the left. An awful, awful punt. I think I would probably put him somewhere between 50 and 53 on the emergency punter list at this point. Really ugly stuff from Jair. But other than that, just great to see him out on the field in any capacity and on this specific day uh, doing primarily individual drills. Other players who were injured and not practicing on the day, Tariq Carpenter, Lou Nichols, Eric Stokes, Caleb Jones, David Bakhtiari, Tyler Goodson, Corey Ballantyne, Luke Tenuta, and Tyler Davis, as well as Innis Gaines. Just a real quick note on Innis Gaines. I noted yesterday that Gaines had returned from practice. That was based off of a couple other reports. I did not see Gaines uh, practice personally. 
Uh, I don't know if he actually did. I talked to Paul Brettel today. He said that he saw him doing the, um, you know, like the stretching yesterday. I think this is a continuation for Gaines. I'm not sure he was actually back practicing in any capacity yesterday. Uh, It's possible that maybe there's some stuff out there that would disagree with that, but either way, he did not practice today for sure. And uh, like I said, I think this is a continuation. I don't know that there was ever a real return to practice for Innis Gaines, but nonetheless, not a huge uh, discrepancy one way or the other, but he was not practicing in this practice. A couple players that I do want to talk about though. I don't know where else you can start, but besides with Carrington Valentine, very last play of practice. Jordan Love's, I think, maybe fallen a little bit too much in love with the quick out route. The good news is that he has been money on that throw. He has a ton of confidence throwing it. And like like I said, he's done a really, really nice job with that specific throw. But he has been throwing quite a bit of them in camp, some of the short and intermediate out routes. And he's got the arm strength to do it. His accuracy on those throws has been fantastic. But he's been doing it a lot. And sometimes when you do it a lot, players start to catch up with it a little bit and start identifying trends. Carrington Valentine, again, identified it, saw that it was going to be an out route to Romeo Dobbs, loved through it. Valentine anticipated it. He jumped the route, like probably like a 70, 80 yard pick six to end the day of practice. His second pick six, his other one was against Danny Etling uh, earlier in practice when Etling was still with the team. This kid has been un freaking believable. I don't know what more there is to say. He got beat on a one-on-one, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Not concerned about that in any capacity. He had another day of sticky coverage overall, playing with the ones. All right. Remember, Jair's not playing with team. He was with the ones again, opposite Razul Douglas. Keyshawn's in the slot. He's with the ones on the outside. And he just balled out again. An awesome day ended with a 80-yard pick six to end the day and win the day for the defense. Like, I don't, I don't know what else to say at this point. And I talked about it a little bit. Um, I think maybe it was after the preseason game or the tape study, one of the two, but like, at what point do you have to start considering how to get, you know, Carrington Valentine out on the field? And what I will, you know, sort of couple this with right here is I do think Keyshawn Nixon has had some struggles in coverage legitimately. I like Keyshawn in the slot. He brings a physicality. He brings an intensity. We saw him with the great blitz for the sack off the edge in the preseason game. Like there, And he had a great pass breakup in that game too. But there have been some instances where quarterbacks have targeted him in the passing game. And I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Now, where I think this is going to start getting interesting, first of all, we have to see what happens with Eric, you know, when Eric Stokes comes back and what that means for the rest of the defensive backs and how that juggles things around a little bit. But right now with Stokes not practicing... I legitimately think that you have to start maybe getting in the the at least the idea of that on early downs or in base nickel where it's run and pass or both an option. Maybe going with Keyshawn Nixon in the slot on those plays with Jair and Razul Douglas on the outside. On again, some of your first and ten nickel defenses, you know, maybe a second and seven nickel defense where they could still run the ball and you want a slot that's going to be aggressive enough in the slot. Uh, and you don't want to maybe put Jair in there because he's going to have to take on some tight ends and those sort of things like we've talked about in the past. But you still want that agility in the slot, which Keyshawn has. So I think base nickel, Keyshawn makes a lot of sense still. On obvious passing downs, I now really believe that you start to have to have the conversation of Jair in the slot, Carrington Valentine, 
and Razul Douglas on the outside. It at least has to start being a conversation. Or maybe you at least try Carrington Valentine in the slot and see what he's capable of doing there because he's answered every other question that you've asked of him so far with flying colors. I don't think you want to move him to safety in any capacity, but like you have to start brainstorming. If we talk about best five on the offensive line and best 11 guys out on the field, Carrington Valentine is making an extremely strong statement of I'm one of the best 11 guys, period, end of story on defense. And now the question has to become, if you want to stay true to your mantra, how do you get that guy out in the field? And like I said, I don't think you want to move him necessarily from outside corner. I don't know that slot is his best position. And I don't think you want to like Josh Jackson him where, remember, they put Josh Jackson in the slot. He was a off-ball zone corner like completely in college. And all of a sudden they played him as a slot man corner, which did not you know fit his skill set at all. I think he lost a lot of confidence in that situation and just was never the same after that. He probably would have ended up not working out no matter what, but when you get that player in there and he just isn't set for what you want him to do and he doesn't gain any confidence, that certainly doesn't help anything either. So I don't know that that's what you want to do. I don't think you want to move him to safety because he's playing so well at corner. Like, I don't think you want to do some of that stuff, but you have to start asking the question. And the issue again is you don't want to play Jair primarily in the slot. You don't want to put Razul in there because that hasn't worked. Eric Stokes is not a slot corner. So it doesn't become easy. There's no perfect, simple, easy solution to this. But for me personally, I think you have to start looking at Nixon, Jair, and Razul on base nickel, and then Jair in the slot, Carrington Valentine, and Razul on the outside in obvious passing downs. We'll see if they actually end up doing it and if they start using them in a couple different ways. But Carrington Valentine, another huge, huge play. He's been all over the place. Did it in rookie minicamps, minicamps, OTAs, family night, training camp. Continues to do it in training camp. The preseason game against Jamar Chase in the joint practices. He's been awesome. He has been absolutely awesome. The Packers, it, like... I hesitate to say best rookie so far because Luke Musgrave and Jaden Reed and amongst others have been really, really good. Carl Brooks has been awesome, but I don't know how else you say it at this point. For how good this rookie class is, I still think Valentine's been the best. Like he's in the conversation for like being one of the MVPs of training camp so far. Like that's how freaking good this guy has been. So you gotta have the conversation of how to get this guy on the field more. Hello friends. As many of you know, a few years back, the Milwaukee Bucks were in the NBA finals and I desperately wanted to go to game six in Milwaukee to see them win the championship. As you can imagine, prices were insane, and I kept going back and forth with different apps to try and find the cheapest tickets possible. I finally found them, clicked purchase, and of course they were gone. Goodbye game six of the NBA finals. Now thankfully, the day of the game I was able to find a ticket, but the entire thing was so expensive and way too stressful. I really wish I could have simply used game time to alleviate all of the stress and all of the hassle. I've started using GameTime app for purchasing all of my tickets, and I wish I would have done so sooner. From low prices to easy to find tickets to last minute ticket deals, the GameTime app is perfect for all of my ticket needs. GameTime is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can get images of your seat before you buy, you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two clicks only in fact, and tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never need to dig through your email. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. That's code P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, let's talk about another seventh-round rookie who had a really nice day, and that was Grant, yeah, Grant DuBose, who is really in need of making up for some lost time. He did beat Carrington Valentine, who we just talked about, in a beautiful one-on-one down the field. And again, these are routes that and just situations that are not advantageous for the defensive backs in one-on-ones, so I'm not necessarily holding it against Valentine. They had an awesome matchup throughout the day. Let's just go over it right now. I was going to go over it later. but So they had three one-on-ones. On the first one, Valentine was extremely physical with DuBose at the line of scrimmage. DuBose couldn't get off of it. I do wonder, I think there was a little bit of a hold at the top of the route. It's possible that Valentine could have gotten flagged for that. But either way, both of them were being extremely physical. And I think Valentine got a little bit of the better of them there, unless they would have called a penalty on it. The next play, Valentine got a pass breakup on Grant DuBose, so Valentine got the best of him there. And then on the third one, DuBose ends up running a nine. He has a really nice route. It looks like Valentine looked like or thought that DuBose was going to cut off the route and kind of just hesitated for a second. And DuBose just kept going. And I don't know who the quarterback was in the play, but just beautiful deep ball. DuBose caught it perfectly at the catch point, came down with it, touchdown Grant DuBose on the one-on-one for a really explosive play. But that was the really first big play for DuBose. Then he had a really nice contested catch against Keandre Thomas. Then he had a couple of really nice short completions where he had nice separation, uh, just you know, nice short routes, but he, he ran the route perfectly and got that separation so that Clifford was able to hit him with ease. And then the big catch uh, later in team drills, he had a post route down the middle of the field, really nice route from DuBose, caught it over the middle of the field and started getting upfield right away. Of course, they blow those things dead uh, when there's not live tackling, but I thought that was a very, very nice day. And he had a, he had a couple of really nice plays, including a touchdown in the practice yesterday as well. So he put two back-to-back really nice days together. He is doing everything that he can to make up for lost time. He did not practice in mini camps or OTAs at all. He was really late getting into tra- you know training camp and being able to practice, I should say. And then you know didn't get to play in the preseason game because he was still coming back. So 
He has to do everything in his power. Now, the good news for him is Brian it does not like cutting his seventh round picks in any capacity. So he's going to have still have a very good chance to make the team. That number six wide receiver position, the top five are going to make the team. You know the top four and then number five, in my opinion, Dontavian Wicks. And then the, the sixth, you've got Malik Keith, you've got Grant DuBose, and you've got Bo Melton fighting for that spot. I think that's between Malik Heath and Grant DuBose at the moment. I think Melton is behind both of them, but Melton's played a decent amount on special teams too, which is a huge indicator for that number six wide receiver spot normally. Do not be surprised, just throwing this in the ether right now, do not be surprised that they keep seven wide receivers because I don't think they're going to want to let go of Malik Heath or Grant DuBose. I think both of them have too much upside. I think DuBose has shown that just in the last two days that he's got some juice and some upside to him. I think that I don't think they're going to want to subject any of those players, any of those seven to waivers. Do not be surprised if this team keeps seven wide receivers. So, but really nice day for Dubose, and he's very much in the conversation. Even if they do keep six, he's very, very much in that conversation for the number six wide receiver. All right, Anders Carlson. Meanwhile, another difficult day. He missed his first extra point. I swore that the referee signaled good. Literally every other beat writer had it as a miss, so I'll take the L on that one. Uh, but apparently missed the first extra point then made two field goals after that. They were shorter field goals. Then he made an extra point and then he missed a like a 42-ish yard field goal and then made from like 45 after that. So he ended up uh, uh, four for six to start the day. And then in the team drills later, there was a situation where he needed to hit a 51-yarder to tie the game for the number ones on offense. He hits the 51-yarder to tie the game. So that was a nice way to end practice but he still ends five for seven on the day and including missing another extra point. So continues to be a really tough stretch for Anders Carlson and just complete inconsistency on his part throughout basically the entirety of training camp so far. Last but not least, a little bit of a tougher day for Jordan Love. Of course, he had the pick six to Carrington Valentine that we talked about earlier. Uh, his fourth interception now of training camp, his arguably fifth uh, interceptable ball or turnover worthy play. Did overshoot a couple passes as well. Jaden Reed, he was super high on early in the practice and then had an opportunity uh, to hit. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. There was another throw downfield. Uh, I think it was I think it was uh, Dobbs that he had on a crossing route and he just completely airmailed that one as well. And that's been a bit of an issue for Jordan. So a little bit of a tougher day for him. Did have a gorgeous throw to Christian Watson downfield. He got the hard count working again and got the defense to jump off sides, picking up a free play. There's another really nice throw to Jaden Reed over the middle. So there's some good stuff from Jordan too, but a pick six and a couple missed throws, uh, you know, put him in a little bit more in the tougher category, especially, you know, with the pick six to end practice. So that pretty much does it. It was a disjointed day on offense overall in the Don Hudson Center with it raining out. No fans there, no real music playing or anything. The entire day had the feel of just like a Monday. It just felt like a Monday. Like the beat guys, it felt like a Monday. You could tell like they, I don't know that they were like feeling it. You could tell the players, the coaches, it just like even Matt LaFleur, like, it, like the very opening line of his his press conference to open the day was like, feels like training camp again. He, he was asked what that meant of just like, you know, the, the long days are back sort of thing. So you, you could just tell this had the middle of training camp, 
you know, doldrums to it. And yeah, it just had that feel all practice. And it certainly was that way for the offense. He got the the team midway through together because I think he felt it a little bit. And then the intensity was picked up a little bit after that. I feel like the entire training camp and preseason family night, everything up until this point has had a great intensity to it with a ton of of, um, juice and energy. This was the first practice that I thought maybe was lacking a little bit in some of that energy. And again, LaFleur tried to fix it midway through. And I think for the most part, they were a little bit more intense at the end of practice. That is going to do it for me for now. I guess I'll be back tomorrow with a full recap of the practice, everything else that you might've missed. Might go over a couple other things as well. We will see. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. We'll be right back here tomorrow with that full breakdown. But until next time, and as always, go Paco. Go Paco.